My man, can you hear me? Hello. Hey, you can hear me? Yes, sir. Perfect, perfect. I hear you, sir. So how you doing over there? It's uh it's is it two o'clock in the morning where you're at? Yeah. Hold yes. so uh, are are you because it's two o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, are you just getting home from the bar or something? <laughs> no, I just uh, I just did with my workout. Oh trained. yes. Do you always train this late? Uh, usually, yeah. In do you, night time. Why why is that? Why do you why do you train so late at night? Uh, right now uh, I I don't study. I mean uh, it's vacation, so I'm a little lazy. Uh, <laughs> I I sleep very late, and this gotcha. is part of routine. No kidding. And do you feel? Because for me, I mean, if I lift super late and I'm not used to it, like like I guess yeah. it depends on where the world championships are in the world. Because if you fly somewhere. You gotta get up early sometimes, like at like seven o'clock. Would that really mess you up? Yeah, you gotta adjust. Yeah. Maybe I'll change my routine to yeah, yeah. adjust morning. Yeah. For for myself, you came into like hopped on my radar real quick at the IPF World Championships in Sweden. Yeah. Um, you won the world championships in the junior 120 kilo. And it was like, holy smokes, where did this guy come from? You know, like I know Turkey, but you really hopped out of nowhere, it seemed like. And then I checked you up on um, open power lifting and you had been lifting, but uh, for a couple of years, but not a lot in open power lifting. So for a lot of people, it was like, whoa. Mm -hmm. And then the, you really, so you were already an IPF world champion. And then just recently at the Turkey um, national championships, you posted a 950 kilo total. Yes, I did 950, uh, 950 at our Turkish IPF championship uh, this year. And, and that is where everybody, when I posted that, because for a long time, people were thinking like, um, Dennis Cornelius, he has the record at, I think it's 978 or something. But even, like, it's not for sure he can hit that high. And Dennis is pushing 40. He's an older guy. You're about 15 years younger than Dennis. So when a guy your age posts 950, everybody's going to get excited. Like, oh, my God, this could be, this could be a good battle for at the World Championships. So I wanted to bring you on and kind of get your background story because a lot of people don't have it. First off, Turkey, we don't see a lot of guys winning world championships coming from Turkey. So tell oh. us a little bit about how Turkey is. What's it like growing up in Turkey? What sports yeah. are big in Turkey? Turkey's number one sport is uh, soccer, oh, football. Okay. Yeah, all the attention is on uh, soccer, basketball. That's the main two sports. Uh, powerlifting is very new and it's going, uh, sorry, my English sometimes. <laughs> no, it's good, man. You're doing good. Do How often do people speak English in Turkey? Like, is it kind of common or not really? It's common. It's the is second it? language. Okay. Okay. 
No, you you sound perfect. If I'm talking too Thank fast, you. let me know. Let me no, know. I understand. I understand clearly, but my speaking, I'm been speaking English for uh, some time now. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Turkey is uh, is last year. It was his first year in IPF. Uh, it's very new, actually. We only have powerlifting federation like six or seven years in Turkey. Oh wow! It's still like uh, first year of powerlifting. We didn't IPF back then, and it was like thirty or forty competitors. Uh, hmm. When it in first the whole started. federation. Yeah, yeah, whole Turkey. Oh wow, man! Yeah, and it's gradually uh, improved a lot. Now we have like 300 to 400 people coming to our uh, competition. When I uh, I started powerlifting at like 2016, I, I started lifting weights at 2014, but just uh, started to uh, learn powerlifting like 2016. Mm. So, like I said, uh, we don't have IPF, and I was seeing on YouTube, IPF was the I think most uh, popular federation. Mm-hmm. I always because uh, and I never used drugs. I wanted to compete at IPF, and I, I told our president, uh, Turkey's powerlifting president, we gotta we gotta compete at the IPF. So and. I was a top lifter, I still am in Turkey. So he he tried to get, uh, I mean. Yeah, get affiliated, get get, get linked up. Yeah, get yeah. registered to IPF and yeah. it happens. That's, that's a little story I have. No kidding, man. So mm-hmm. when, how did you end up finding it? Like what, so you're weightlifting and, and you kind of went on YouTube and you just saw, yeah. who was it? Do you remember who it was that you found? You're like, holy smokes. I, I actually, the first uh, competition I saw was 2016 IPF Worlds. Ah, oh, shit, dude. Yeah. That was that was the first world championships that I was commentating. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll never forget it. And um, it was in Texas. Uh, it was Hack versus Gibbs. Obviously, Ray Williams, Dennis Cornelius was yeah. there. It was it was big. Do you remember what were some of the standout that you remember when you watched it? Uh, back then, I was uh, weighing in like hundred kilos, like two twenty pounds. So I was looking at my weight class, one hundred fives. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was it, really yeah. Who won the one hundred fives that year? Was it Tony? Did Tony Cliff win as a one hundred five? Am I making that up? Uh, I don't think so. One of ours, I try to remember. Mm. You know what? I'm going to pull this up right now uh, because there's going to be people listening to it and they're going to go crazy if we don't figure this out. But um, I remember Screamer had the winning deadlift in his hands and it came out of his hands. And I remember him leaving the platform in tears. It was dramatic stuff. I'm going to pull this up right now. But um, that was a good world championships, man. Yeah. And you know what? As a sport, we've come a long way. Like as a whole, powerlifting mm-hmm. has come a long way. Because for me, that yes. was one of the first times that I remember there was like a major powerlifting showdown. Like the Hack Gibbs. People mm-hmm. were like, 
oh, wow, this is going to happen. And it was one of the first times social media got behind one of the showdowns. Like everyone was talking about it on social media. Before that, powerlifting didn't really have like social media push. You know what I mean? Where you go on social media, see their training, who's saying who about what, who's picking who, who's going to win. Um, all the other years, you just kind of tune in, you watch is what it is. 2016, for the first time, it was like a UFC or boxing match where people are like picking teams. I'm team hack. I'm team Gibbs. And um, yeah, man, I'll never forget that one. I'm yes. pulling it up, pulling it up right now. The 105s, eh? I think so, it was Eli Burks. Eli no, Burks. I'm... That's right. Yeah. It was Eli Burks. Why the shit did I think Tony Cliff? Anyways, uh, Tony was in the 120s. He came in bronze. Dennis got a gold. So Eli Burks mm -hmm. won it. There you go, man. You got it. And the Canadian, Bryce Krawcheck got silver. And then uh, from Kazakhstan, uh, Zalim. And then Manuel missed it and uh, got, was in fourth place. Yeah, man. So after that, did you know who everyone was leading into that world championships? Like, were you watching these guys and kind of knew who was who? I started to uh, look at uh, the top lifters in IPF mm. and, uh, you know, I took a little comparison to myself, these guys, yeah. and I think I'll, I said myself I can, uh, you know, place a top three at uh, some weight class, I don't know. But you were young. How old were you in 2016? You would have, because you're 24 right now or 23? 24, yeah, 24. So Just you would have been 20 four. then at the time? Yeah. And, and were you care, comparing yourself to the guys in the open? Yeah, I, I didn't know juniors, to be okay. honest. Uh, I only saw open. Then when I get a little into, you know, compete myself, I, I learned to junior, yes. And do you have brothers and sisters and siblings? No, I'm only. How, are your parents big like you? Like, where do you get the genes from? Is your family like a big family? Yeah, my my dad uh, used to wrestle and some very he, he was sport lower so uh, he he also used to lift uh, i think it's good genetics i think is uh wrestling is at, like olympic wrestling is huge in turkey is it not yeah yeah i forgot to say wrestling is one of the top sports too absolutely like um so I, I, I like watching like uh, the UFC and MMA and they talk about, and sometimes I follow like grappling and some of the Olympic sports and wrestling for sure. Turkey's like a powerhouse in wrestling. What about Olympic yeah. lifting? Is Olympic lifting big in Turkey? Olympic lifting, yes, it's, it's big. Uh, Naim Suleymanoğlu, I think may, you may have heard it, one of the best of all time in uh, weightlifting. Mm. He was Turkish from Turkey. Who's, what's his he, name, sorry? Naim Suleymanoğlu. Okay, I think I heard of him. Yeah, he's, I think, uh, 60 kilo and broke many world records. I think it's still to this day, he has his own record. He passed away, unfortunately, like three years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's very big in Turkey, you know, one of the, the top athletes in Turkey for all time. He done a lot. Actually, he has a movie too. He has a He's what? A he has, he a, has movie? a movie. Yes. No shit. That's when you made yeah. it, bro. When after, they make movies after, about you. After he passed away, uh, 
people made a movie of himself of him. Yeah. Yes. Is is Turkey a part of um how does Turkey work? Is Turkey a part of Europe or the European Union or is Turkey um how does that work? Because sometimes they're in the championships, you know what I mean? It's it's loosely affiliated. Yes, in uh, Asia, actually. It's Asia, right. Okay. It's part of Asia. Because sometimes they're included though. Um, or are they looking to be included with the EU? I don't know. I, th I remember reading about it. Maybe. I'm not sure. Either way. Yeah. So when you were when you were growing up, um, were you like always into weightlifting? Uh, when I was younger, like uh, 11 years old, 12 years old, I, I did a little, uh, you know, martial arts, just a little. Then I uh, started basketball. Then I injured uh, in an accident, you know, car accident. After that, I started lifting weights and I really liked <laughs> lifting weights. So I, for a time, I just, you know, this this is <laughs> better than basketball, I told myself. It's, you know, because I'm not a really team team sports guy. Yeah. I was, I understand I was more like, you know, as individual sports. And it suited well for me. And I started, I kept uh, the lifting. And like I said, I uh, learned into those the powerlifting. It's, yeah. It's, um, I know you mean where, well, so, so what, first off, when you, when you got in the car accident, did you start weightlifting mm -hmm. like rehab to get better from the accident? Yeah, uh, I couldn't walk like two months. Then I, uh, I couldn't run and just really slow walking. Started, uh, you know, going to the gym to rehab. You know, first move I did was I think bench press. Well, I liked the bench press back then. And yeah, then I, the, like squats and deadlifts uh, a little later and I got hooked man it's funny good. it's funny how yeah. it works right how you I, one of the best stories I heard for how someone found powerlifting it's kind of like yours but it's it's a little it's like a step up this is like a movie right here so I, I was mm. commentating for in the Belarus World Championships this is 2017 and my yeah, co-commentary was a lady who had just won in the Masters and I asked her on the air, I'm like, so how did you start powerlifting? Because there was a bit of downtime. We were waiting for things to start. And she said she was driving her car and her car got struck by lightning. And then and she was fucked up and had to go into rehab and lifting weights and got stronger and stronger and was like, holy shit, I think I might be good at this. And ended up like becoming a power lifter and winning world championships. And I'm like, yeah. man, I don't know if people like, if you believe in, in, in God, there cannot be a bigger sign of God. If you believe in the universe, the universe gave you a sign. Literally a thunderbolt came from the sky and struck you to make sure you started lifting weights. Like that's the best finding powerlifting story I've ever heard. Such a lot, right? Yeah, but it's, that's a hell of a story. But it's it's funny how things work, though. How, like, at the time, you get injured and you think, oh, my God, this is terrible. And you didn't realize this is actually correcting you on your path. And you're going to find your what you want to do. Um, when you started powerlifting, though, because powerlifting wasn't very big in Turkey yet, 
what, what were your parents and your friends thinking? Were they, did they think you were going to be wasting your time or like you should choose a more established sport? Uh, they always, my family always uh, supported me. Uh, I'm lucky at that subject. And uh, I mean, I was uh, doing powerlifting, but there was no one around my uh, uh, sorry. Uh, no one in my uh, no one around no one around so nobody could teach me powerlifting so ah uh, yeah yeah that's another that's true too yeah no no one I couldn't you know I was yeah you know, only looking up to YouTube like try to understand how to do a squat bench press deadlift who it was who really did, hard at the beginning yeah. who did you whose YouTube did you find I mean lots of people. It was not a one individual, I can say, but yeah. Yeah, because whoever it is would be like, I'm taking credit for him being a champion now. Sure, I sure, coached yeah. him. I coached him. You know, a lot of people say Johnny Candido because for a long time, he was one of the first to have a really well-established, like around 2015, 16 would have been around his peak with um, how often he's putting out content. He still does, but at the time, it, like now we're like flooded with YouTube. Everyone's got a YouTube video, right? But at the time, Johnny Candido's YouTube was just, and he had programs for he was He was one of the first, I remember, yeah. Yeah. In YouTube, yeah. when, when I uh, search button, write powerlifting, try to find free programs on forums yeah. like, yeah. He was one, first to pop up, yeah. Favorite is, okay, well then Johnny Candido is going to take credit. <laughs> <Yeah, maybe. laughs> He'll see you. He'll be like, you owe me a beer. You owe me yeah, a sure. beer, that's it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so when you're, when you're watching the videos, did you have to like record it and then look at yourself? Or did you have like buddies and you're like, look, I need some help here. Like, or did you totally just have to watch your own videos and, and analyze it yourself and figure this out? I was, uh, you know, try to compare my uh, forms to other lifters. <laughs> and man, I had a very, very bad squad form at the beginning. You know, I actually made it up on my own, very uh, low. When I was trying to first time trying low bar squats, I was doing low bar and, uh, you know, it was uh, right right away, it blow up my high bar, it passed my high bar very fast. And yeah. I was saying to myself, I need to do lower, you know, I need to... <laughs> lower is better. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Put, put the bar lower on my back every time I did it. And it was uh, it very, very low on my back. And I was leaning forward very much. It I didn't know the uh, rules in IPF, like 90 degree, I guess. Some, yeah. some rule like that. And I didn't know it was uh, technical problems. So I tried to, you know, <laughs> and there was uh, net, it actually never injured me, but when people saw how I squat back in 2017 Turkey, yeah, they made, what is this? You know? what, what the shit is going on? Yeah, thing yeah. is, did they know, like, was there people, when you go to the gym, because powerlifting wasn't big in Turkey, and you started, like, shifting weights around being a powerlifter, like, were you at an actual, um, like, normal gym for fitness that normal fitness people were going to at the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a... Uh, fitness center 
and I always uh, treated bad when I do deadlifts and stuff, you know, choke, using choke, yeah. doing loud deadlifts. They they couldn't understand. And they were like, "This is not a weightlifting uh, shit." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they would have no idea. And the and the sixteen year old kid behind the front desk is like, "Holy shit! Do I have to tell this monster to keep it down?" <laughs> yeah, He's like, "Oh shit! That's a bad." Um, mm -hmm. So so you're you're filming yourself, and you, you I mean I know you mean with trial and error. Like the internet's helped. Without the internet, here it is. In terms of um, how quickly our sports grown, and, and our sport has grown around the time you came on. Sports are really growing, but social media there's so many places like turkey or and like all over the world those pockets of talented people and your athletes in turkey would be going to the olympics for weightlifting going to the olympics for wrestling and like wrestling and weightlifting are the same athletes we would love and powerlifting because those guys and girls like are strong like you're like man weightlifters and power like uh wrestlers are like thick neck thick torso extremely strong singular yes. sports like you go out there and it's, it's a team sport, like you train as a team, but compete solo, very tough mentally. And the tip of the spear type athletes are gonna make it in wrestling. Cause they're so, it's such a dominant sport. But so many countries like that would never have even known about powerlifting until social media came and like YouTube and, and uh, you know, Instagram or whatever. So that's why like it was so important for us. Like our sport has grown. We would never have even had you, man. And um, so yeah. I mean, it's good. But then you have to do trial and error where you're kind of like, look it, I'm squatting with the bar halfway down my back. So the next guy from Turkey doesn't have to. You know what I mean? So I can tell sure, the guy's sure. coming up. The next guy's coming up in Turkey. I'll pull him aside and like, listen to me. Listen to me. I, I've, done I've been this. been there, done that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're becoming that guy. Um, so as you're starting to do this, and you're getting more and more into powerlifting, and you start getting a little more stronger, a little more stronger. Um, so that's 2016, and you're looking to compete. Did they have competitions really in Turkey, or did you have to leave Turkey to find some real competitions? Or no, how did that it start? it started uh, like I said in 2017. First competition I entered is the first competition actually in Turkey. And it was and in uh, Turkey, okay. Yeah, I, I, I done okay. Uh, yeah. In my weight class and in the overall. And uh, people, like I said, very new to lifting. So the second guy, I guess, like we had a 100, 200 kilo difference. Jesus. Me. Yeah. He, he's, yeah. When he looked at your total, he was like, was there an event that I missed? How the fuck did he end up so ahead of me? <laughs> What's happened here? Yes, yes. So then, after that, when did you? What was your first international competition? My first international competition was at Ukraine. Uh, I guess VPA, the federation's name. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I. I entered uh, like 115 kilos at uh, 125 weight class. They were using uh, monoliths and my squats didn't go like I planned. Bench press was good. Uh, deadlifts was okay. Yeah, I finished that first place. Uh, when international, first after first competition, I 
I really liked more about powerlifting. I wanted to go IPF, but uh, we couldn't. Turkey uh, didn't register the yeah. IPF, so that's what happened. It's it's because some of these other federations, they'll have an international competition, but they're not. They're a lot looser mm -hmm. with who they let in. If you want to show, they're like, yes, sure, we'll take you. Whereas the IPF are pretty strict. Like you have to be an affiliate. Your nation has to be affiliated. You have to go through your nation and then mm -hmm. come in. And it's, it's a little bit tougher. So that's when you were like putting pressure on your president to be like, we got to be IPF affiliated. Yeah, yeah. This can't, this can't happen like this. Were you following guys on Instagram and social media in your weight class when you moved into the 120s? And did you know like Dennis and Tony Cliff and those guys? Sure, I I knew Dennis Cornelius. Uh, yeah. He was the top guy at my 120. Yeah. Very bit on a big margin, I guess, <laughs> right? Yeah. And he was totaling world records and he was very impressive. I respect a lot. And, and and when you when you were prepping to go to um, the IPF World Championships in Sweden, what were you expecting? Did you think you were? Did you think you're going to win, or were you like, look, I just want to put put this together? Because the IPF World Championships is a whole nother level. Yeah, I know the uh, rules. I might have to adjust myself because I know, I try to uh, train by the rules of the IPF. But it was my first experience at the IPF, and I didn't uh, know every everything. I, you know, expected to do 900 kilo total. I, uh, for my opens, it was I was looking at nominations. People were like 860, 870, not close to 900. Uh, it it didn't go very well, but. At least I got the job done and uh, yeah, I, I was a little amateur back then. I, the bars, the plates, uh, the uh, training uh, was very different, you know. Uh, the bars that using IPF is different, the plates, some plates, competition plates. Mm. Yeah, I knew before the, the competition, but it's been a long time since I compete before the IPF. It's been a year. Mm. So I actually uh, missed the warm up. Uh, very last time, you know, I was doing like one minute, one plate, after that, two plate, three plate, because I, I almost missed the warm ups. And I actually failed my first attempt uh, at like three, 320. I, uh, my right, right feet. Just lose, lose, lose the balance, lost balance, and people like he's screwed, he's finished. Like I was. <laughs> Were you thinking that too? Though? Were you like, holy, this is but not how it was supposed to happen? I was like uh, in my gym repping three twenty for like four or five reps, easy. Maybe a you know a place for maybe you know it's maybe not forty five pounds, twenty kilos maybe because it's very old. But uh, I thought I had at least 340 in me. And after after first attempt, I was a little, uh, you know, uh, discouraged. Yeah. But uh, I managed to do 330. And, you know, they were, uh, I unlocked the bar. And I guess the referees was uh, like, didn't give me the start comment. 
at the first time. After that, I got uh, five seconds or 10 seconds left. I tried to rush it a little bit and uh, get the bar again. Just one second left, he gave me the start comment and <laughs> thanks God I did it. Damn, so okay, so this was, and this was your second attempt? Yeah, it was second attempt. So you, so, so just for, dude, this is dramatic. So yeah. um, let's back it up a second here. When you were, when you almost missed the warmups, did it, was it just like, how come you almost missed it? Did you go somewhere and then come back and you're like, oh shit. I, I missed time. We only have one friend with me. And okay. Oh, we, okay. We, we came to the world like three, three, uh, shit. and uh, yeah, we didn't uh, maybe look up a little late to the schedule and uh, yeah, maybe that that's why maybe I missed. It, it was not of strength. It was like I couldn't manage it pro properly. You know, it did my fall like I wanted. It's um, it's, it's it's such an advantage when, like, for instance, the the Americans have, um, and and not just the Americans, the Swedish team, the Canadian team, they have like a coaching staff, um, mm -hmm. with all their with their teams, and their coaching staff does like like coaching courses and they study film on everyone they're going to face they study nominations they study like game day strategy on how to throw you guys off so that you miss lifts or or if you guys do they study like how often you miss your openers how often they crunch all mm -hmm. these numbers they have it down to a science so when you're kind of when you're from a nation that's new to the world scene and you're like holy smokes man like it's tough man people don't realize like it is, it is an individual sport, but it helps if you show up, you just sit down and you have like three people around you and they tell you when to start warming up. They're checking out all of the nominations. They're like, okay, this yeah. is what this guy's, this is what we need for your last, they're doing all the calculations. Uh -huh. You just sit there and I tell you when to go. Listen to your music, it helps. But when you have yeah. to like, when you with a friend who you might not even know all the rules and stuff, you have yeah, to be involved. Yeah, we did, we didn't know. Right. Mm -hmm. So then it becomes like so much more stressful, so much more like it's amazing. Yes, you did yes. is it's amazing. You did what you did. Like I, I can't stress enough because when I have so many coaches on and they talk about at the worlds, you know, they could really, they could find out who knows what they're doing and who mm -hmm. doesn't, who, who doesn't know the rules, who doesn't, it's tough. Um, so when you go out there and miss your first squat at 320 kilo, which is 705 yeah. pounds, did you go, you went up and wait for your second attempt anyways? No, I tried to get a lift in so I don't bomb out. So, but you still went, it was your second attempt 320 again, or did you go up to 330? I did go 320 and it was harder than expected because the referee didn't give me this start comment. And yeah. Uh, it was like, it looked like RP 10. <laughs> oh shit, that'll rattle your confidence, man. Yeah, but I gone 3.30, I know I could do it. And it yeah. was like the same speed as 3.20. At least it didn't stop. So you were waiting and you're like, why am I not getting the start command? Was it just like your knees weren't straight or something like I that? I think I did what I used to do, like a little lean forward. Ah, in, my, yeah. in my first opener, they actually gave me the start command and I don't think it was very different that second uh, attempt but 
maybe the referees say <laughs> this guy is going to injure himself. So maybe that yeah. was what happened. So when you got it with one second left, are you thinking like, holy moly, this is a lot more stressful than I thought it was going to be? Yeah, I was actually <laughs> got a little stress. I never stress myself. I try to never stress myself, but after the opener, it was <laughs> it was hard to yeah. keep going. But I do what I can. It's um, and it's funny how like when you're here's another thing that people don't necessarily take into account when you're just watching, right? Um, if you're watching at home and you do like a local meet, some people who do local meets don't realize how differently it's going to feel when you show up and it's the IPF World Championships. And there's the whole, all the TV cameras, there's people in the crowd, you know the world's watching. When you were yes. watching 2016, some people at home, you're watching from <laughs> Turkey, some people from all different parts of the world are watching you now and you have no idea who they are. And in five years, you might end up walking up to them and they're like, I remember watching you. I remember when yeah, you wanted yeah. you, whatever. It's different when you show up. And then when you're nervous, you use so much, much more energy than you think. You're like, holy shit, am I, I got to calm down. Cause I'm not, by the time deadlifts come around, I'm going to be gassed, you know? Yeah, and it's, uh, yeah. is that what happened? Okay. I'm going to pull yes. up, I'm going to pull up the, uh, the results here so I can take a look. Yeah, kind, sir. But um, so what happened with your third attempt? On the squats? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I unacted again. The referees didn't give me the start comment. And uh, I reacted, then take it back. It wasn't at least one second left. <laughs> it was like I had a little more time than second attempt. So I was, uh, you know, I didn't actually remember what I was doing. I just, I just have to do it. I was telling in my head, I have to do it. It doesn't matter. And I got down. I didn't know it, it might maybe not come up, but it did. <laughs> it, was, it was an okay squad for me. Um, and at the same time, so the Russian had hit 340 kilo and he was in first place after squats. Mm -hmm. Now, are you paying attention at that point where you're at, what other people are doing? Or are you just like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do and, and just see what happens. I was uh, looking at the scoreboard. Uh, uh, I try. I look at the deadlift openings and uh, my uh, rivals' deadlifts was not as high as mine. So I think I had a, still a chance after scores. I I thought of finishing three forty, but it was three thirty. And, and so in the in the bench press event. Um, what happened there? Because you came in in fourth, but you kind of you probably knew you're going to give up a little bit of ground, and you got to go all or nothing in the deadlift. Yeah, I, I should have pushed my deadlift. I I was uh, I understood that when I after I finished the squats, I got a deadlift big. But yeah, it's yeah. it's that's a tough thing when it comes to. Um, when you're a big deadlifter, because basically every time you miss an attempt, your last deadlift gets bigger. And you're like, you knew going in there, I need a big deadlift. But then mm -hmm. when you miss a squat, when you're squat, you're like, okay, I'm gonna need a little bit more of a deadlift than I originally thought. Sure, sure. Bench, bench rolled around. So you got your first two and you missed your last, um, your last one. On the bench press, I don't know, maybe the shoe, uh, 
the shoe that I choose. It was, I couldn't do the leg drive and it was really turned me uh, out. And uh, I couldn't press like I wanted, just like the squad. I couldn't do the leg drive I wanted. And uh, I finished a little lower than I expected in the bench press. So I was expecting like 220 and finished with 210. Yeah, yeah. And so you fell slightly behind. Now the Russian here, uh, he got 202.5. So he's got a bit of a lead on you at this point. He got 10 kilo on the squat. He got two and a half kilo. Um, or sorry, uh, let me see here. No, he actually was behind on the bench. So he's still ahead, but not by too much. And, and then the deadlift starts. So you were expecting you needed deadlift, but now you need a really good deadlift. Um, so how did the deadlift, did the deadlift event go like you thought it was? And at this point, are you paying attention to what other people are doing? Do you know where you're at in the lineup? I only looked at my openers, uh, the people's opener, and it was not more than 300, I remember. So uh, I think I can uh, lead up in the deadlifts and the total. My opener was like 330. Mm -hmm. I actually lowered five kilos because from the squats, it was really bad form back in there. And it was, my back was a little, little hurting, you know, it's exhausted. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. then I know I, with the uh, competition and stiff butt, I was, uh, you know, I doubt myself I can pull 360 or 370 like I did it in the gym. And uh, when the opener, it was fast, then I, Second was okay, and finished with 352.5. I was expecting at least a 360, but uh, you know, squats went bad, so <laughs> I did it. Is. it. And so that's okay. what, and that's like a, a veteran move. Like, were you, even though it's your first time and you're, and you're there with a buddy, it was a good thing that you picked an, a light squat opener. Something that, like, if it hits the fan and things get crazy, you're going to hit no matter what. Too many times people come in and they think this is going to be just like it is back home at a local meet when it's like, man, this is going to be totally different. And um, learned, learned that the hard way. Right, right. Yeah. So you left yourself room and you're like, let's open light. So if it's if things go crazy, I'm still OK. Like even if even if things go sideways on me, I'm still OK. And you still were OK. As mm -hmm. it were, by the time your fat, your final deadlift, 352 and a half, you were so far ahead. Like once deadlifts happened, that was it. That was a wrap. I wasn't expected. Yeah, I wasn't expected. Like after three forty, I still I thought I had to pull more to win, but three forty was enough. It was. Yeah. Then I, yeah. then I tried uh, for the world junior record, and they it was eight ninety, and so I did give three fifty two point five. If it wasn't a record, I, I think I would give more because I got the win. Yeah. As it were, yeah, you, you won this with your second deadlift and it was out, like it was just too much for everybody else to catch up. And that was it. That was a wrap, which is a good move to solidify the win on your second. So then your third, you're kind of like, well, what do we want? Um, so your third deadlift, 352 and a half, obviously got you a gold medal overall, but it was also a junior world record in total with 892.5, you were expecting like around 900, but you you yeah. hit it pretty smooth and you just like you creamed everybody else. So you had a lot left, but 
You left Sweden. Did you stick around well, afterwards? How did it feel afterwards to get the win? You knew it wasn't, it's, it's kind of weird. So I've been in these situations where winning's awesome. Like winning's great. And this is winning at the top level and things are always harder than you think when you get to the worlds, right? However, mm-hmm. it's tough when you walk away and you think you could have done more. And you're like, shit, that yeah, wasn't the exactly. full package. It felt okay, it felt good, but I wasn't satisfied with the win because I knew I could have done more. And it's, uh, you know. Let, like like mm-hmm. people, almost like you're leaving thinking to yourself, people aren't going to be talking like they should be talking if I gave my 100. Yeah. Did it, how did it feel, though, you're the first world champion from Turkey in the IPF? No, it 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 feels good in because uh, in Turkey they people uh, support support me a lot because I'm I think the one of the first lifter in IPF and uh, it feels good to you know uh, to feel my people not down it yeah. feels okay yeah. and did you, so when you're calling home telling your dad telling your mom and telling all your friends and whatnot. Like, did they, were they there with you or did you have to call back to tell them? They, they watched it uh, in the stream. YouTube oh, did they? Stream. Okay. Yeah. yeah they, they did and they congratulate me right away. Yeah. It, um, I bet you gave your mom and dad a heart attack and squats though. <laughs> they were like, holy shit. Yeah. And the first one, they were, like many people, I think they thought I was like fail fail the rest of the competition because it looked real bad first first especially especially when you grind it i mean i've commentated for a lot of sessions at the worlds now over the years and you see some weird things happen sometimes when someone misses a lift and it's a grinder like you said where you're like wow that was rb10 and it was my opener and that should not have been like that you don't know if they're going to come back or if they're like if they come back, but they have no room after that, like they just expend everything they got early. And then when they come from a nation that doesn't have a lot of powerlifting, you're like, oh no, what if this is like a mistake? And you know, you see it and you're like, oh, I hope this yeah, ends yeah. well. So, you know, and when you leave yourself, like you're like, holy moly, like when you went back there to talk to your friend who was handling you, were you both looking at each other like, <laughs> <laughs> what's happening? Yeah. What the shit is happening? It's um, it's funny too because your friend, who's not a powerlifting guy, ended up handling somebody right to the world championships, and now has that on his resume. <laughs> yeah, he's he coached me. Uh, he handled all me. That's it, he, did, he did a good job. I think his first experience too. His first Holy experience. shit, dude! His first <laughs> experience now is yeah in now an international is, competitions. That, first and, yeah. Okay, now his Instagram can be like. Now accepting clients, I'm the trainer. <laughs> Actually, he's, he's very popular in social media. He's a YouTube channel. Is so, he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. How, did, how did like the Federation and all the lifters react when you came home after you won the IPF World Championships? People all of a sudden wanted to compete in IPF. Ah. Yeah. People liked, you know, IPFs different. Uh, the atmosphere, the, you know, the, um, I try to say the speakers like you, 
Now it's good. Someone, uh, you know, talk when when people lift. Yeah, the commentators. It's, yeah, commentators. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah, it's um, and and that's the thing that the IPF tries for is, like a lot of these other federations. I know what you mean where the live stream doesn't feel like you're watching television. Like you could kind of tell. Like you tune in. And, and if you told, if you told some friends, I'm going to the world championships, some of these other federations, when you watch it, you're like, this doesn't feel like a world championship level that I'm watching. Like the, the stream isn't great. The commentating is just definitely yeah. right. It's different. And you can, um, you can get somebody who's a, a, a lifter to be a commentator. Like, and that's, mm -hmm. it's cool. Cause mm -hmm. they know what they're talking about, but you could tell the difference between an athlete who's commentating or a guy mm -hmm. who's actually a media guy commentating because he sounds like a commentator from a different sport would. And it feels yes. different, right? It feels, yeah. When I go back and watch the, uh, my, my lifting at uh, the stream, it felt uh, more like I used to lift and I only in my telephone, I was watching my lifts from, yeah. a, from a telephone. Someone, my friend record, called it. Yeah. Now I was watching from the stream and it, it was better, way better. Yeah, it's kind of surreal when you watch it and you're like, holy mm -hmm. shit, that's me. This is like a mm -hmm. legit, this is a legit yeah. sport. Mm -hmm. And um, did anybody else like outside of the powerlifting community was like local people find out about it or not yet? Like did local press talk about it or no? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't remember, but no, I can't, I don't know. Yeah. Because they don't, that's the one thing powerlifting doesn't really get. It's like local media, newspapers, and TV picking up powerlifting. In a lot yeah. of places, not really. Like you have mm -hmm. to, you almost have to contact them yourself and tell them what happened because they're not going to know. Yeah. Not really. Yes. Just like you said, yeah. One thing that does help is, and that's where what people don't realize is, um, when we're on the Olympic channel and this year we were, the open was on the Olympic channel. The juniors were on mm -hmm. YouTube, but the opens on the Olympic channel. That's when like sometimes a sports writer in sports press will have the Olympic channel on. So you could be in whatever country. And if they just need a story, cause this is their job every single day, they need a sports story. So sometimes they're going to put on the Olympic channel and be like, Hey, if a sports story happens, I'm going to write about it. That's where people don't realize they say like, What's the big deal if we're on the Olympic channel? Because the Olympic channel has people watching who just watch Olympic sports and they don't even know about powerlifting and they get introduced, yeah. you know, and that's how they find us. Yeah. Some people in Turkey, uh, it confuses like weightlifting. They, right. they thought when I, when I say powerlifting, what's that? Like weightlifting? No, no, yeah. no. <laughs> no. Hard no, time no, explain, no. hard time explain it sometimes to yeah. people not to powerlifting. Man, I have freaking people still to this day. Like, they know I do the commentary for powerlifting and everything, and they still get it confused with bodybuilding, man. Oh, that's I, another I level. <laughs> yeah, man, it's a whole other thing. I remember mm. one time, it was like the summertime, I'm tanned, and I powerlift, and I'm like, yeah, I got a competition coming up. I'm like, is that why you got a tan? <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> what? Crazy. It's like, no, man, it's powerlifting. I can, I guess if I look good on the platform, that's cool, but for my pictures, but it doesn't help my actual lifts or nothing. Um, so after after this competition happened, did you notice some people started following you on Instagram and, and uh, like more more people like that? 
giving you attention? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, my followers went up, and not only from Turkey, from other countries, and it was good to you know, some fellow lifters follow me, and it was good. Uh, <laughs> that's when King of Lifts started following you. When yeah. I seen that, and I was like, I think I need to start following this cat. I don't know who he is, but I need to see more. Um, and did you notice any big name lifters start following you? Like did other 120s all of a sudden want to start keeping an eye on you? Uh, Dennis Cornelius, uh, the GOAT. Uh, how crazy is that? How uh, crazy is it when you're like, oh shit. You look and you're like, Dennis Cornelius is following me now. Yeah, it felt good because he, I was watching him for many years before I competed. Yeah. yeah. I, I had some people, um, so I was reposting you for a while there, like after the world championships for sure. And you guys look like you were training in like a, like a basketball court or something. What yeah, was going after on I, there? After I, uh, you know, IPFOs, I told myself, you know, this, this, these bars, these plates, not, not going to do it yeah. for, the, for the future. So I got to buy, buy better equipment. And I bought all that. Uh, I had a uh, place at my home, but it had to do platform so I can deadlift. By the time it I do platform, I got a <laughs> train. So I I was thinking and thinking, and I said, oh, "What about the basketball court? <laughs> I can <laughs> not <laughs> not many people, you know, using the basketball court." So. I think I can train there. Yeah. Dude, it looks so yeah. crazy. What, yeah. To see, it would be like the middle of, because you train at weird hours of the day too. And just yeah, some yeah. dude, just some fucking gorilla smashing weights in the basketball court. People, when people walking by like, what the shit? You were, yeah. You, people I, walking around like, what is this? <laughs> what is but, going on here? Yeah. The local basketball team's like, is he on the team? What, 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 is, what is going on? And if anyone wants to play basketball, they bring their basketball, like, well, well, I guess we'll wait. We'll wait for this guy to finish up. Yeah, yeah, sure. It is what it is. Um, how long did it take you even to bring all your weights out there, though? It, uh, we actually liked it, the fresh air, and yeah. it was fun, fun to train there. But the only problem, we had to carry all the weights. Like That's it, three, man. 350 kilos to, you know, at least from my home to basketball, it was 300 meters, 200 oh, meters. Dude, that's yeah. like a whole nother event. That's like a strongman event, dude. That was, yeah, <laughs> right? like farmer's like carry. Farmer's carry, <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. And did you have a bunch of other guys, were they lifting with you when you were doing this? Yeah, my friends, uh, always I had two, two or three friends with me yeah. to sport and train all night we actually like trained like one session at least six hours seven hours holy shit what yeah. six seven hours and what yeah. time of night was this started uh, at middle of the night maybe 12 <laughs> eight, eight to 12 yeah i can imagine listen listen i can mm -hmm. imagine some kids partying and having some <laughs> drinks, smoking some weed, and they're going home at like three o'clock in the morning. 
And as you're passing by, walking home the basketball court, looking over and just seeing three dudes getting after it. They're just smashing yeah. weights and they're just, yeah. and you're like, what the shit is that? That's some good weed. It's, That's some it's good like weed a night, nightmare for them. That's right. They're like, I don't know how high I am. They wake up the next day and be like, I don't know if I made that up in my head or if that was real, but I swear yeah. to God, I thought I saw a couple of gorillas just smashing weights on the basketball court. That, yeah. that, did anyone ever say nothing to you while you were out there training for like six hours? Did the cops come? Uh, no, not the cops, but you know, people around the area came and, can we, can we try to lift two? What is this? Can oh, you, can you teach us? Yeah. Oh, really? They wanted, they wanted you to teach them too? Imagine that you have like yes. all of a sudden you develop like a powerlifting <laughs> in the middle of the night. Yeah, it, you know some of the older guys like thirty years old and stuff oh. wanted to you know they were close to the area. So what is this all noise about? What is this all noise about? So they comment, but they didn't you know interrupt us, but they wanted to understand. Right. You know, it was like one eighty on the bar, and some guy. Can I lift this? Can I try it? I say, you don't want to try it just <laughs> without a warm up. Yeah. But he tried it anyway. So, <laughs> really? You're like, listen, man, you got to sign a waiver or something. This is not on me. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. I, I, I did my, uh, uh, I did my notice. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. When you tell him this is all on you. Um, no kid, yeah. I mean, I, I could see where, like, if powerlifting's not that big, this is the thing. It's almost like the perfect advertisement for powerlifting. In Turkey, if powerlifting's not that big, and then you have a world champion out in the open on a basketball court smashing weights, you'd become like the talk of the town. Everybody's going to start talking, like, did you see that dude? Like, he's like fucking Superman. Like, go out there throwing weights around, lifting this ungodly... Like, people are bound to talk about you. Yeah, there, there was some interest. Yeah, what's, I bet. What, and the little what's kids, 13-year-olds, yeah, yeah. a 13-year-old kid walking home seeing you, if he's, if it's like, if you're there till the morning, and he's, like, in the morning going to school or something, and he sees you around, he'd be like, oh, my mm -hmm. God. That's the dude I want to be when I grow up. Well, what city are you in in Turkey? Ankara. And how many people live there? Million, I guess some. Well, that's not small. Not small, yeah. Yeah, it's not small. Because it, Tur in, in Turkey, it's been around like the this the in terms of civilizations, it's been around forever. See, in, listen, in North America, it's we've been North America's been around for like two, three hundred years. If we have a building that's like two hundred years old, we think it's so cool. And we're like mm -hmm. in the building, like, oh my God, this is so old. When I go to Europe for like the world championships, when I sightsee and I see buildings like castles and stuff that have been around for thousands of years, you don't mm -hmm. even really, like North Americans are, think it's crazy. Like we can't get over how old some of the cities are. So I think it's so yeah. cool. And you guys just live there and don't even know, like, cause you've been there your whole life. But dude, yeah. it's the craziest for us. Mm -hmm. Do you guys, do you have like stuff like that in your city? Is your city super old with castles and whatnot? It has is, but not super old. Yeah. Because yeah. Turkey's a very old, like the Ottoman Empire and, yes. and very rich so, history. Mm -hmm. You know, yes. and I, like, I love, man, watching documentaries and shit about that. And like, like. You gotta, you gotta like, visit Turkey someday. 
I dude, I know. I 100% got to. Um, I'll check you guys out, smashing some weights in the basketball court. I'll bring I'll bring some lifting shorts and we'll stay up Maybe late you, night. Maybe you time. have to train with us in the basketball court. That's right, my we'll man. Like it. That's yeah. right. I'll have to drink some coffee to stay up till two in the morning. But we'll get it done. We'll get out. Whatever you want, we have it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so after you win the world championships and now you're training and there's a little, there's some more people. Here's another thing, by the way. People were asking me one of the like the biggest question when I put out there for everybody um, like questions to take because I'm having you on the podcast. Everybody was saying he's got to post more. I want to see more. I want to see yeah. more deadlifts. I want to see more squats because they nice. you know because you post, but they want to see like you know not as much as some of the other people. But um, so there you go. You got interest. Maybe I gotta post more frequently. Yeah. That's it, man. Because people are interested, especially when I was posting those basketball court lifting training mm -hmm. sessions. Um, but uh, after the, after that, and now that you're training and more people are following you, and whatnot, does it feel mm -hmm. a little more different? Like before, before Turkey was on the map for powerlifting, before people knew who you were, it's mm -hmm. easy to just like you're following other people and you're watching other people online. They don't know about you yet. Now yeah. that you won the world championships, everybody knows who you are. And then in Turkey, you're like the biggest guy in powerlifting. Like you're, you're like the flag holder, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like you're the guy. Does it feel a little different now when you're going to go to an international competition and be like, now I'm representing. Now people know who I am. Definitely. And, and the, pressure. First, the first competition, I had a, you know, a little bit responsible. Yeah. Responsible for, uh, for I have to do you know place in top three at least. I have to you know do at least do my numbers at the gym. At the, yeah. I gotta uh, perform on a good level at least. You know. And do you, because I am the only guy, only one of the only two guys competed at IPF that, that time. And you can, I mean, not to put too much pressure on you, but you could grow the sport like. The longer you do this, the more you do, the more attention you get, the more the sport grows in Turkey when, when one of the stars start emerging, right? Um, yes. So it means a lot for the federation and, and people start watching. They're like, oh, I didn't even know this was an option. I didn't even know powerlifting was that big. And when you start doing better yes. and better, they want to get yes. involved. Who, who does your coaching and, 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 are, and your programming? Actually, I know coached. Uh, I know that being coached. <laughs> I mean, I, I I do my programs. I mean, I don't even like do programs for like two years. You, I train by feel. You know, yeah. I do maybe six to eight weeks basic peak peaking stuff, linear stuff. Yeah, that's it. I train. I train myself. And did you to find out? Because I heard like you said RPE. So obviously, you know, you're aware. And here's, and that's another thing that like yeah. social media helps with is um, like beforehand, I started powerlifting around 2007 and there wasn't yeah. much social media and um, you like to get powerlifting knowledge, it wasn't passed around that much. So yeah. we did, you don't know how to program that well, but nowadays, if you want to research, you could find out how to program for yourself and do things. Um, so yeah. did you like, is that how you found, did you just research yourself, hop online, and just be like, what am I? What do I got to do here? What am I doing to put this together? Like, how did you put yeah, your program? Exactly. Oh, I tried many different things. Like one or two years ago, I tried many different programs. I 
I tried this and it uh, the the result was good, so I do that. The other program, the result was not as good. I don't yeah. do that. <laughs> like, yeah. You t you keep what works, and it's yeah. it's weird too because um, here's what some people don't realize: like they'll follow someone they like, like let's say a guy your size. If you mm -hmm. were following like Taylor Atwood, and you're like, oh, maybe I'll, I'm gonna I, I've been following Taylor Atwood. Maybe I'll try doing what he's doing. Man, I ain't gonna work for a dude who's twice his size. Like it's different, right? Like yeah, it's it's you different. Figure, yes. Yeah, you you have to figure things out, even the setup and how you squat and whatnot. Um, yeah. So where did where, where really did you like find some of this knowledge when you're piecing it together? When you're like, okay, this seems to be working for this guy. Was was there someone like that that you're kind of following? Like, okay, pause squats, pause deads, or oh wow, that assistance exercise. Was there places yeah. you would go for that? I understand uh, everybody's difference. You know, when I um, I coach some people too, and I train. I try uh, different things in them, in myself. And everybody, everybody's result uh, different, reacted different. So, uh, yeah, man, it took some time to uh, learn what works for me. Now I uh, improve way better than I used to. And, and it's almost like, because at the, I think it was the Turkish Nationals, you did a 950. Was that what you did your 950? Yeah, 950. And when that happened, now you're kind of like, look it, you don't want to change too much. <laughs> it's, you know what I mean? Where you, you, you have you ever thought about um, like talking to other coaches, but at the same time, just to get some ideas, but you don't want to tinker too much if it's working, right? And then, so, but on the flip side, you could, someone would say, what if they gave you that one little piece that takes you from here to here? So it's kind of, it's tough. Yeah. yeah. About that, I'm a little, you know. Conflicted. Yeah. It'll, you know, I, I believe it. What works for me, I can do myself. Uh, I know. Uh, try to look at the other coaches, and uh, that's that's you know. If it's not broken, I don't need to. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. If you ever hit a plateau or something, maybe. In what helps too is the fact that you have people coming to you now for coaching. You, mm -hmm. It's like a sample size, so you have more people. So you have a bigger sample size. So you're like, here's an idea. Uh, before I just had me. Now I got like five or six people. I can like try this. And if it starts working, we know it's not just mm -hmm. me. This is working all around or, you know, in general. Have you noticed though, now that you're doing this and people are going to come to you for coaching, the level in powerlifting in Turkey in general could start coming up. Yeah. The numbers are going up. It's uh, 70 to 80% of the Turkish lifters are juniors. Oh, really. shit. So it's the future. There's not much, not much people at Open or Masters, very little. Yeah. So they're coming and, you know, I try to help them. And that, it, it's, does it feel... my own experiences. Does it feel weird being as young as you are and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> you're that dude, you're like the Wiley veteran now who's, who's helping everybody come up? 
Yeah, it's it's a little weird, but yeah. Yeah. Is there who are some of these guys? Is there any guys or girls coming up that we should be looking out for, or are they still pretty young? Uh, there's my sub junior friend is like close to 800 kilos or 120. He's 122. Oh, wow. He's 18 years old. Okay. He, he would good. be good. And my, yeah. Uh, another uh, woman, powerlifter junior. He's not bad. 63 kilos, like more than 420 total. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's a sub junior? 63 kilo? No, he's a junior. But he has two to three years yeah. as the junior finish. And that's really what happened. Like, I noticed in France, um, mm-hmm. so this uh, Pena, who I had on the podcast, for a little while there, France was you know, there was a language barrier first off. So in terms of going online and finding new, like what's working, what are, what are certain people doing for powerlifting uh, programs, et cetera? There was a language barrier with the old guard, the people who were there before, they wouldn't go outside of France to find stuff out, yeah. what's working. So Same they, so they thing in Turkey. Same thing in Turkey, you know, the English is I think very big advantage. If I didn't know English, maybe I I couldn't do anything, you know. I did my research and not a lot of people know English in Turkey, to be honest, in the lifters. Uh, So they ask the fellow Turkish, uh, you know, a little more advanced than them, they ask them. And uh, that's the only choice they have if they don't know English. And that's, that's, you know, that's exactly like, we kind of take it for granted in um, if you're from a country that speaks English, because like, there's a lot of information online and that's how you find out like what's Definitely, going on, yeah. right. And, um, and if you do research, read articles, watch videos, whatever. And Penna mm-hmm. from France said um, for a while, they were like stagnant. There was no improvements in France and they didn't have a lot of world-class lifters, but not a lot of them spoke English. So they just knew what they knew and they never got better inside France. And the rest of the world was getting better and better. And inside France are like, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't know why, but it is what it is. And then Penna was like, Penna came along and was like, man, this is got, there's gotta be more. We gotta do better. So he started, his English got better. He started mm-hmm. reading re- like you, he took courses. Like uh, I think the uh, reactive, RTS does courses and stuff like that, but you can watch videos, read articles and start learning on programming. And then he started kind of like yourself training everybody else and they're all young. And now all of a sudden they have these juniors, sub juniors and people in the open who were just killing it coming out of nowhere. And everyone was like, what the hell is going on in France? It's because the information started flowing into the nation and then you can start bringing it up. I mean, it's a lot. So are you, do you see yourself in the future? Like, do you plan on taking more and more powerlifting clients on and kind of disseminating this into Turkey? Uh, to be honest, when, uh, when some, somebody come to me and they're a beginner, I try to tell them, man, you gotta do, uh, you know, you don't need coaching. You gotta go and lift, you know, understand the form and you gotta lift weights. Then when things got a little more complicated, when you hit plateaus, then you have to come to me. You know? <laughs> a little, I try to, you know, a little more intermediate lifters. You know, 
people like deadlifting 100 kilos, 60 kilos, 100 kilos, you know. Yeah. Uh, I try to do more, a little, a little more, you know, intermediate. And, and how many, is, this, is that your day job to do um, coaching and, and, or are you something else? I'm still a student in university. Okay. And what are you taking in university, if you don't mind me asking, sir? Sports science. Yeah. Oh, Sports. shit. Well, there you go, sir. It all makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it all makes sense now. So is that kind of what you want to do in the future? Is uh, not maybe even not just powerlifting. Do you want to be a powerlifting coach? Do you want to be a strength conditioning coach for like other pro sports? Or what do you, what do you want to do with it? I just... What you said, I want to be a powerlifting coach. The first uh, OP in the first place I want to be. Yeah. Then maybe strength and condition coaching for team sports, maybe. Yeah, because those doors My these plan. days, these days those doors open. I mean, um, like you think about, like for instance, the wrestlers on, on the Turkey national team mm -hmm. for the Olympics. Those guys, if they're squatting and deadlifting and bench pressing, you can't tell me it's not going to be a lot harder to wrestle those guys. In those in those yeah. lanes, you know, like they need. It's going to help. You can't tell me like I don't know if you guys have American football, but there, it helps so many sports, so many track athletes that squat for their programming. Um, mm -hmm. I was talking to uh, the strength guys who actually train Taylor Atwood, and powerlifting is getting so big that other sports teams, professional sports teams, in like the NHL for hockey and American football, are now mm -hmm. hiring powerlifting coaches to get their athletes stronger even if like yeah. if nothing else to squat properly etc so they don't get hurt i mean it'd be, it would shock you you see guys like lebron james who is an nba basketball player and makes millions and millions and millions of dollars every year yeah. you watch him mm -hmm. squat and his squat form is like oh my god it's you know like my man you got it you could use a, a power lifter beside you to to tighten that up and I get that he's, Definitely. yeah, like I get that he's not looking to squat a lot, but you also don't want to get injured because you're not doing it properly. You know, like you're worth a lot of money. If he hurts himself, that's a lot of money. So it's like powerlifting these, these fundamentals and the tools, you know, it's valuable. And if you're yeah. one of the guys in Turkey and there's not a lot of people in Turkey who know what you know, sure. yeah. your stock goes up, my friend. Your price goes up, my friend. You're on the right. You're in the right place at the right time. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> How bad was it when um, when you found out the world was going to be canceled? What's now? What's like the COVID situation like in Turkey? Is it? Are you guys in lockdown? Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, lockdown is a little better now for the last two months. Mm. But you know you can't go out without a mask. Yeah, and uh, it's not real good. Still, a lot and, of infections. And do you have? A, are you? Is there any competitions in Turkey right now or no? Maybe the closest is at February. Oh wow! So it's going to be a while. Yeah. And we don't yeah. know. Who knows what's going to happen, man? If the world is going to happen in twenty twenty one or. Everything's everything's yeah. on pause. You know, it, it's tough to make these goals. What are some of your future goals now? Because you're in the open now, right? Yeah, I'm in the open. What are what are some of your future goals? Some people were asking me, 
Um, if you ever thought about doing other sports like strongman because you're a big strong dude, have you ever thought about that yeah. or no? I thought about strongman, but it's a different, a different sport, different story. Yeah. So I gotta. It's probably take a lot of time to master it. Right. Uh, my uh, my goals as in powerlifting is uh, total close to 1,000 at uh, 120 weight class in in an international competition like Worlds. Mm. That's Wait. my main goal to right now. And you've hit 950, so it's not that crazy. Um, that would be the world record is 978 i believe so you're not far off that either um dennis has totaled dennis was the lightest man to total a thousand kilo but he did it um as a he wasn't 120 he didn't cut mm -hmm. he was a he was a small 120 plus so you would be the first man ever to cross that thousand kilo 120 yeah. but the problem is i have to cut too how um, well, how big are you how how big do you are you when you're walking around Right now, I'm at 130 kilo. 130 kilo? 130, yeah. Let me see how many uh, pounds that is, my friend. Canada's funny. We do kilos and pounds. We do inches and, and uh, centimeters and meters. We do both. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're kind of like the master of none. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Whoop. one sec here. So 130 kilo. Uh, 286 pounds. Yeah. So Maybe it's a little more. 132 at most. 132, so maybe, yeah. So you cut a little bit. Do you do a water cut leading into a competition? Or diet and water cut. Okay. I go, last time I was 130 and I, uh, I dieted for uh, two weeks and then water cut from 125. Okay, five kilo, that's not too bad. For somebody your size, five kilos is not too bad to water cut. My my height is uh, six foot two. Six two? Okay. Yeah. Do you guys use inches when you say height in Turkey? No, no, centimeters. Do you? It's, but you're pretty good with it. Are you just used uh, to it because you listen to? I listen to you sometimes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in Turkey, um, what is, in terms of culturally, do you guys watch Netflix and see American movies, Amer like North American movies. Yeah, sure. Shows and, okay. Yeah, Netflix is very popular. Okay. And what about music-wise? It's, it's in the... Is, it, is um, it like rap music and a lot of North American music as well? A little bit of everything. A little yeah. bit of everything? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because the rest of the world is like more cultured in terms of bringing in other people's, whether it's music, TV shows, whatever. But um, in North America, sometimes, like, can I feel like I'm cultured because I talk to people from all over the world. But sometimes people mm -hmm. don't look outside and be like, man, you realize what's going on out there? And I feel like people in other parts of the world are far more aware and cultured. But, um, <laughs> but anyways, so, so a question I like to have, uh, I like to ask everybody whenever they come on the podcast, my friend. And I know you're mm -hmm. a young guy, but when you're old, 65-year-old mm -hmm. man, <laughs> everything is said and done I don't know where powerlifting is going to be in Turkey at the time but it might blow up I don't know what your impact on, on powerlifting in Turkey is going to be 
But when you're old and you look back, how do you want to be remembered? Well, you know, I, I really not thought of this too much. But, you know, I want to make an impact on one of the first good powerlessness our country have. And, you know, to someone else, like 20 years later, you know, Jink was used to be a beast. <laughs> Jink used to lift good weights. I mean, you know, make uh, maybe history in powerlifting. I would, I would like that. Yeah. It's, um, you are in a position to make that impact because you would be that, that guy for your nation. You know, where some people are coming from nations where they already have tons of champions, they already have tons of coaches, they already have that access. But for you, um, being the first, you know, you would be the guy that other people from Turkey look to and be like, I remember coming up and, and mm -hmm. we had you. Yeah. You know, you exactly. and in terms of like programming the whole nine, not just even as a lifter being an inspiration like that, but when you start passing out programming and coaching to everybody else, you know, they could be like, we don't know what we're doing. We need, we need help. You're like, I got you. I got you. Is there, um, is there anybody before we let you go and thank you for your time, sir. I know we're like three 30. Uh, thank you. Um, is there anybody you want to thank before we let you go? You know, I thank everybody. <laughs> it's too crowded list. So, you know, it, Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely, dude. And thank you for coming on, by the way. I know it's the middle of the night, on the weekend. Much appreciated. Sure. I'm glad people get to hear stories like yourself, um, you know. And also, if people want to follow you, uh, what is your Instagram and social media? And if people want coaching from you, how do they get a hold of you? Well, they can DM me from the Instagram. My Instagram is Jank and Kochak. And I'm going to spell it out for everybody. C-E-N-K. Is there an underscore yeah. in between there? Yeah, underscore. Yeah. Underscore K-O-C-A-K. And uh, there you have it, my friend. Thank you for coming on. We'll keep in touch. And uh, I'll Thank keep you. reposting. And hopefully, man, hopefully we see yeah. each other at the World Championships in 2021. Hope so, man. Let's I appreciate up, it. Talk Sorry to you for soon. my English again. Maybe Dude, I, you did great. Yeah. You did great, man. You. You, you, you did Thanks, phenomenal. Man. I appreciate that. It's, it's been a while since I speak with someone. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, I guess the more you do it, the easier the words come to you. But you, it's, yeah. you didn't stumble much, man. I mean, you, this was pretty fluid. This was pretty easy. You should Thanks, do more podcasts. Thanks. You should do more yeah. podcasts. We'll Thank have you, you on again. All right. Okay, buddy. Have a good See one. See you later. Have a good day. Bye.